guess an opening question I had, because this is something that really drew me into Inspector. So I saw this game years ago, but I just could never find it until recently when I actually put more effort into looking for it. Because it was such a genius concept for a uh, indie role-playing game. But something that really was interesting to me was that, and something maybe you can chat a little bit about, uh, so this is one of the few indie role-playing games that got a movie. I was only aware of this recently that you guys got a small movie made out of this. I was wondering if you could say anything about that. Yes, we did. It's on Amazon Prime if anybody cares to check it out. With Inspectors, the movie, what was, like, I assume you weren't the producer on that. I'm assuming people, like, wrote to you and asked if they can use the Inspector logo and, like, concept? Or what was the conversation about that? Yeah, was, um, we were t actually talking with this film company that was interested in another game we were working on, and that was just too technically... Uh, it, it was just too big. Um, so they're like, well, we'll start with something smaller. Hey, what you got? And I said, well, I have this one about, you know, ghosts and, and stuff. And they, they liked the idea and they, uh, they made it. I, I have a movie poster actually right behind me. I have a signed movie poster from the director, Darren. Very, very kind. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's, uh, I, I, you know, check that off the list. <laughs> yeah. Movie made. We're starting this interview off. I kind of got a kind of easy question, kind of boring question. The rest of my cast got more interesting questions. But for you... Okay, well, let's skip to those then. Oh, right, we'll skip to this <laughs> after this. The first one, which is what we always ask people. We could ask the more interesting ones afterwards. But what led you to write in role-playing games and start a career off it? Because with a lot of indie game writers, it's a tough business to get into and actually have a career out of when you're not working for Wizards of the Coast. Right. Well, it's not a career. It's a hobby. Uh, and I got into the hobby because uh, I was a nerdy 12-year-old and my aunt bought me a copy of the uh, red box of Dungeons and & Dragons and that was it. I actually didn't play D&D for like eight years, seven years, six years later. Uh, my first RPG I ever played was Ghostbusters, which tells you a little bit about what was to come, I guess. If I could skip in, uh, Jared, this is Brad. Uh, one question I had is, there are a lot of influences in, in Inspectors, like obviously the paranormal TV genre, uh, Ghostbusters and other movies from the 80s, um, maybe some games like Call of Cthulhu, stuff like that. What do you think the biggest inspiration for the game was? I can tell you what the biggest one, besides Ghostbusters, obviously, um, is... Uh, what is it called? It's called Crime Scene Cleaners. It was an HBO documentary that was on in 2000 or 1999, and I saw it, and I said, oh, I'm going to make a game about this, except it's not going to be cleaning up crime scenes. It's going to be cleaning up paranormal stuff, but it's going to be the exact same idea where it's just a guy who goes, huh, here's a business that doesn't exist, and I'm going to create it because there's a need, uh, because I think basically in his words, it's a long time since I've seen it, but he's like, uh, people are unprepared to deal with the aftermath of a violent crime and they're all, or they're just unwilling to because of the, you know, trauma involved. So they need somebody to do it for them. And he was surprised that the, the police, the city, the, you know, whoever doesn't actually take care of anything if something bad happens in your home. Uh, so he's like, well, there's a business opportunity. And I said, that's a game idea. Um, so yeah, crime scene cleaners. 
that is actually more than Ghostbusters. It is the number one uh, inspiration for inspectors. So my my question, my first question is, um, we watch a lot of like reality ghost encrypted shows. Like we love stupid stuff like that. And just like, what is your favorite of like the ghost hunter or cryptid hunter shows? Never seen any of them. Um, although a friend loves them and told me about them. She calls them uh, ghost bros. That's it. Ghost, ghost bros. bros. Yes. So, uh, so I, I made an inspector supplement called ghost bros uh, last year, I think, or a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, I've never watched uh, any of those shows. I've seen parodies of them online. Um, and I've seen, you know, documentary, like mockumentary stuff like Blair Witch and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't really watch. I don't watch a lot of reality shows except for cooking, survival, and um, drag, drag queens. That's you know, This is a more of a comment than a question. Becky and our friend Karina, who played Moonshine. The two of them are obsessed with a show called Mountain Monsters, um, where they hunt Bigfoot through West Virginia. And how are they um, doing on that? Do um, they catch Bigfoot? They have a lot of off-screen sightings. They set up traps, and it always gets away. Um, that's oh. that's actually why they chose the characters Sandwiches and Moonshine because that's their fictional mountain monster character names, if they ever ah. were on the show. And um, it's such. I think Austin, you should run a game hunting Bigfoot sometime with this system because it has everything like the uh, the confessionals and everything like that. I think it would be a lot of fun. That would be kind of interesting to play off. And I like that um, inspectors can have like so many different types of creatures. It's not just ghosts. It can have like the vampires and everything. Actually, the last game of inspectors I played, uh, I, I ran for some people and uh, they were dealing with Sasquatches. So. Yeah. Some Sasquatches had taken over a playground and were chasing all the kids away. Um, so the parents all got together and were like, get rid of these damn Sasquatches. <laughs> and it turned out the Sasquatches uh, were okay. They were good people. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was Very kind of a, it was a, it was a little slice of a modern day uh, 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 tension that I decided to, uh, to, you know, the inspectors ended up defusing it and everybody ended up uh, getting together and having fun. Because it turns out Sasquatches are awesome with kids. Oh, that's, a so that's so wholesome. Is this going to be a DLC yeah, for the Voyagers, Sasquatch? This is just a random no, question. But, no. Oh, too bad. It could be so keen. It would be kind of cool. Uh, anyway, so my big question for you is why so, I guess, little in the way of like character creation? Uh, was that intended or was that just a product of what you created? What do you mean by that? Like, so, well, uh, D&D, you spent... I'm going to some... say both. <laughs> it was intended and it was a product of what I created. Yeah. Uh, so my example here is D&D. You spend a lot yeah. of time with character creation. You... Yeah, it takes like an hour and a half. Exactly. It takes like forever. You pick so many stats. Well, with this, you, you don't. got to give the players something to do in that game, right? That's true. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Thank you. I mean, I mean what, what, what do you need? Like, you're playing a normal person who yeah. gets a job hunting ghosts. Everybody's pretty much the, everybody's pretty much the same. I mean, across the board, like humans are basically all the same when it gets that when you get down to it. Um, I didn't feel the need to get super granular. You're not playing Navy SEALs. You're not playing, you know, uh, sorcerers. You're playing just schmoes. So I was like, eh, you, there's four things that you could be good at. Most people are terrible at at least one of them. Uh, go. That's it. 
And that's nice about a lot of these indie role-playing games, which we only play games like this, just because Dungeons & Dragons is too basic, but also character creation takes way too long. I love all these games that are very unique uh, concept of creating characters. Like with this, we're able to create our characters just using uh, small index cards, and that works perfectly. Um, kind of yep. my question. I created an index card game. Cool. There's <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. That it works. works. The thing yeah. I like about Inspector's character creation is the characters don't ever get better. That's my favorite thing about it is there's no experience yes. for the characters. That's what I enjoy too, just kind of reading through the rules, was that characters are always the same, but the franchise can kind of expand and yeah, do yeah. its own thing. That's what actually advances is your franchise, which makes sense because in like real life, the Hollywood like reality TV show the company might expand and start making millions of dollars, but the reality TV show stars who actually make the show, they get squat and they don't actually gain that much money or they don't well, really they gain money, but they, they don't gain experience. They, they can't get stronger. Well, yeah. I mean, they can get stronger if they buff up, but yeah. So I guess, uh, but they're usually paid to buff up, right? Yeah. Like they get access to the personal trainer from the studio. Yeah. I, uh, I, um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't care about any of that stuff. And also, I wanted people to play multiple characters. I wanted you to feel fine if your character died, you know, if something horrible happened to them and they got killed or hospitalized or put in jail or taken off to a, you know, dimensional portal or whatever. You just like, oh, just hire somebody else because, you know, people are expendable. Yeah. I mean, sense. everyone except for sandwiches and moonshine is pretty much expendable. <laughs> I'll agree with you. Sure. The character creation was kind of something that i had a question about um what do you like about the aspect of other characters having a say in the creation via the confessional section where like they basically can give you a bad trait and was there a reason why you can pretty much do that at any time in the game at the dm's discretion so like he pulls you aside like we could be halfway in we could be you know five minutes in and he could just say what's something you don't like about Steve. <laughs> well, actually, that's uh, the the rule is the player gets to say the GM doesn't get to say. Um, the player gets to say, "Hey, I want to take a confessional right now." And sometimes in my games, I don't even have the players say that. They just sit in this. I just have one chair that's empty, and if anybody sits in it, that means they're in, in front of the camera talking. Um, so they just do it, and you get to do it once during a game, uh, a game session, and you can't piggyback on somebody else's confessional in the same scene. So there's got to be like a, a break in between, and every, but everybody gets one. You can do it at any time. And the, the, the traits, um, it was just to mess with people, just to mess with people. I like like now I, I'm going to say your character is acting uh, goofy. So now your character's goofy and you don't have to be goofy, but you do get a reward if you, if you play your character goofy or whatever. Plus, plus if somebody gives you a terrible trait, you can just always get revenge on them. So you're kind of, <laughs> It behooves you to be uh, somewhat kind, right? Yeah. And also to do stuff that makes sense. And maybe maybe they are being goofy and you just call them on it. That's the real intent is, um, wow, you're playing your character really goofy. I'm giving you that trade officially so we can make some money. Hey, Brad, you're playing a character as a crack addict. You're going to be a drug addict. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> well, that's what I kind of thought was kind of fun was that, Travis, your character at one point was pulled aside and you labeled Moonshine as dim-witted, so that was Moonshine's new trait was dim-witted, and I was kind of waiting for the point. Uh, Moonshine never took that opportunity, but I was waiting for Moonshine to kind of strike back at you and like go to the side with the camera and kind of give you a negative trait, which would have been well, kind see, of interesting. 
it would have been interesting, but that's the thing. We all thought you were the ones who gave us. We didn't think it was hit by his rules. We all thought you were the one giving us these these times to say yeah. when we could give each other these traits. Well, there's not enough room in this small apartment to kind of have a separate chair. So I was just like, you guys can sit in your own chair and I'll kind of push it with this because doing the actual plays a little bit different. It's a little bit harder for me to kind of force you guys into it just by yourselves. Yeah. But it was just we didn't understand the rules, I guess. Yeah. Which is fine. It worked. Yeah, well, now you, now you do, and now you can get your revenge. Exactly. Well, Moonshine can get her revenge. Moonshine will get revenge. Also, don't don't forget, you're, 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 the player is not giving... The player is talking to the, the... Sorry, the character is talking to the other players. So the character might be wrong, right? The character could be like, oh, uh, Sandwiches is dim-witted. No, you're just, you're wrong. You're just misinterpreted Sandwiches. Sandwiches is actually a Rhodes Scholar. Um, <laughs> however, if Sandwiches player is like, yeah, I like that idea can go for it and get a reward at the end of the game so it's because it's all character centric um you know it's it's their perception of reality and they might be wrong and i like that idea i like the idea that the character is not correct this is not something you roll for right this is the only time in the game where you can make stuff up and you don't have to roll for it which means is it right is it wrong well it's up to the group really it's up to how they handle whatever you said or up to the individual player if they want to play dim-witted or be the smartest person in the world. Getting back to kind of what Travis was saying, I think that it is interesting that character creation is so simple, but there are a lot of other systems in the game that really flesh it out. So I feel like um, you end up having a character that's actually very nuanced um, because you have like... That I screwed up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like with the, fr- the franchise dice. I don't want nuance. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, not not nuanced like stats and no, I, spells I, and things like that, but you've got the franchise dice, you've got the confessions. You have a lot of ways that yes. you can build your character through the course of a game without really doing like the tr- traditional stats and experience and bonuses kind of thing. Level up. Right, right. Because um, those are just numbers. And they don't really give you a lot when you're looking at your character sheet. But I think that that's a really unusual approach in role-playing game. And I wonder how you found all those ideas and fit them together. Like, did 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 you start with the idea of one of them and, and build the game around that? Or were you looking for yeah. ways to solve those problems? So Inspectors started out as a name. I had a name, Inspectors, and I spelled it funny because I was like, okay, it's ghosts, that's funny. Inspectors, that's funny. So I bought the website inspectors.com in like 2000 and i didn't actually come up with the game rules until a year later um originally it was going to be a true blood-esque world where uh it was going to be like vampire the masquerade but everybody knows vampires are real because they've all like kind of come out and so it's just people dealing with this world where ghosts and vampires worlds are just like out and known um, and then I was like, oh, inspectors, no, you're investigators. And then there was the crime scene cleaners doc and that, you know, that uh, that, that that made the game happen. Um, the first mechanic I actually came up with in the game was the credit card. I was like, what if your company had a bunch of cards, credit card, a library card, a gym card, and you used those as a currency that all characters could use as a currency to improve themselves during the game temporarily? And then if you did well as a company, you could put the resources back into those. And if you did poorly, then your resources are now expended. That's the first thing. I I was on a boat when I came up with that. I think that's really cool. I've seen a lot of interviews with, uh, I'm more of a, personally, I'm more of a board gamer than a a role player. Austin uh, got me to go on this podcast with him as a a visitor, as a guest, as somebody who's kind of like learning 
role-playing games, but I know in board gaming, a lot of board game creators choose to set their games in the 1960s so they don't have to deal with cell phones or um, <laughs> technology like that. So I think that that's a really right. just cool thing. Yeah, basing around the credit card is an interesting concept, actually. Yeah, well, definitely. it just made sense because it's about a business. So I'm like, okay, so that means you have a bank account, you have a credit card, you have the company credit card. Who controls the company credit card? What do people spend money on? Is that okay? <laughs> like, you know, can you actually write this stuff off at the end of the year? Um, so it became this weird little business sim. And uh, and then I, you know, start, said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Characters too. What do they do? And then, then, it, then it got easy. My question for you is, and you kind of, we've been talking about how your game is very unique for what it is, but because our podcast is all about indie role-playing games that aren't Dungeons & Dragons, and that game is the most popular role-playing game in the world for reasons loved by millions of people worldwide, which is great, but when you start creating role-playing games, and maybe you're just doing it just for the sole purpose of creating this one, but what was your mindset of like, how am I going to create my game system so that it's very different compared to the world's most popular role-playing game? Well, I've met very few people who've played D&D. And I bet you have too. <laughs> but maybe that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I bet you if you talk to anybody who says they play D&D, it's the equivalent of talking to somebody and asking them, oh, do you play Monopoly? And they say yes. And then you say, okay, what does free parking do? And they will all give you a different answer. <laughs> um, do you guys know what free parking does? Uh, <laughs> Nervous laughter. <laughs> Not Mr. Really. Board Gamer. Yeah, oh, Mr. Yeah, board nobody gamer. does. Guy There's who a rule. Owns a board game uh, store. I, I specialize in Euro games. Uh. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Making excuses now. Uh, I like it. No, Monopoly is trash. So, it is. <laughs> oh. Well, well I mean, it's, it's trash because everybody gets that rule wrong. Um, yeah. But anyway, it, uh, be that as it may. No, um, I don't worry about making a unique game system. I don't really care. I don't I'm not trying to compete with anybody else. I'm not trying to um, fix anybody's dumb, broken game. I'm just trying <laughs> to play, make a game that I'd want to play. And since I hate role-playing games, that can be difficult. But eventually, I, I kind of stumble around and create something and then go, okay, that's not terrible. I would maybe play that. Yeah. It sounds like you have played on it. To the next one. Yeah, because like, I went to school for film and stuff, and I felt like the best way of writing a script is to just write the script of a movie you would want to see, not of what anyone else would want or what would be the best for uh, for audience to see but like the movie you would want to see the most and you get the most inspiration from that because you take your own personal preferences from movies and scripts and everything and what kind of makes you a writer and put it into this work of art so it sounds like for you you took everything about role-playing games and just games in general and made the game you would want to play the most yeah more it was more they're more like little uh little thought experiments like okay what if there was a game where there was one character that was a business and you had to worry about the finances of that business you know every every game i've ever made there's some weird little uh mind puzzle behind it where i'm like okay can i figure out how to make this work so that's half of it right there is just can i actually make this happen 
and who cares if it's good and definitely who cares if it's fun. I mean, that's the last thing on my mind is if it's fun. Um, and then it just, you know, you just, you just do it. Cause why am I going to write something that I wouldn't like, you know, <laughs> like I yeah. try to, I try to write a game about uh, anthropomorphic, um, characters, uh, like cats and dogs who were like gang members in the 1950s and it was going to be a musical. And I was like, this sucks. I hate this. <laughs> I would never want to play this. I'm, why am I writing this? Ugh, <laughs> it's a gross. Bit like, like, I don't even, you know, I'm not an Iron Claw fan. Why am I doing this? So I just gave, I sell the notes somewhere. It's called Hep Cats and Hell Kittens, I think. Um, that would be kind of terrible. Cool. I don't know. Beautiful I don't know. I feel like I would play it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was basically like Cats meets West Side Story. Um, and huh. I and I have no interest in either of those things. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, yeah, it's like this is stupid. I'm giving up. My last question, I guess, would be about I guess the monster selection, and so it doesn't seem like there's one up apart from uh, ghost uh, apparitions and stuff. Is there was it intended to be open ended, or was it always supposed to be ghost? Because it sounds like you can add anything: vampires, Sasquatch. Well, if you read the back of the book, it tells you exactly what could be in the game. Tons of different characters in the game. Um, There's actually you can play monsters in the game. Uh, They're called weird agents. Okay. And uh, one of my the most I would say arguably the 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 most famous Inspector's game of all time was done by my friend uh, who published it in Germany, and. it was such a famous game. We did it at a convention. There were like sequels to it. And he eventually, when he did the German version, he put artwork referencing the game. But the big bad was a giant clam. Um, that's amazing. I, I don't know. That's just what how it turned out. There was a giant clam and that was the big bad guy. It was in like Lake Chicago. Um, so, you know, you can do you can do anything. If it's weird, the inspectors are going to get called in to deal with it even if they're completely over their head. In fact, that's usually the best kind of game is if they, you know, they're ghost experts and they get called in, you know, uh, there's a mummy, but we really specialize in ghosts. Yeah, but it's a mummy. (laughs) Don't we, you're the, Dr. Strange does not exist in this world. So you're the best that we got. So go for it. So maybe it's not a mummy. Who knows? Maybe it's a Sasquatch. Who's just uh, been in a car accident. We don't know. So it sounds like that was the intended role was be, create any monster you want be any monster you want if you <laughs> want to play as a monster and just have fun. yeah yeah i don't i don't really care as long as there's only one monster character that's one of the rules um okay there can only be one monster character um, i i call it it's the it's the mr spock rule right if everybody on the enterprise is an alien then who cares right but if mr spock is like the one alien so every time mr spock says something it's either it's either a comment on how he views humans or how humans view him same thing with uh with the weird agents. Also, there's a rule in the game where weird agents actually can't get anything done. They have the best stats in the game, but they can't actually accomplish the mission. It's impossible because they don't, uh, they don't earn franchise dice. I want you guys all to play as humans, but like Jared was saying, there is a really cool section at the end to the book where you can play as weird agents, uh, be it vampires, ghosts, or whatnot, zombies, but there can only be one per group, which is, I was thinking, I was like, okay, this session, we're just going to have humans. And at the end, if we want to do a sequel in the future, we can open it up to one weird agent. Maybe if uh, someone dies off screen, maybe Sandwiches dies. Oh, Sandwiches, sandwiches can't die. die. Oh, Steve OD'd. Steve OD'd. Steve OD's. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. <laughs> then we bring him back as Steve, the meth addicted 
ghost. That would be kind of cool. Or zombie. Or yeah. zombie, yeah. We missed him so much, we brought him back from the dead. A Frankenstein's monster. And then we just fed him meth to keep him going. <laughs> That's in, the, uh, in the in the movie, my, actually my favorite thing about the movie um, is the weird agent is a, is a toaster. <laughs> Hells yeah. It's, it's a toaster possessed by the spirit of like a World War II flying ace or something from Britain. Like an RAF pilot. So Austin, pretty inspired. Austin was mentioning earlier that um, he has a another podcast called Trash Talk Podcast where they watch movies, review comic books. Austin, yeah. can we watch the movie tonight and yeah. then like? Oh, oh, I don't recommend. <laughs> oh no, 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 <laughs> oh, no, no. If you don't recommend it, we watch it hands down. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. And then well... we reviewed it on Trash Talk Podcast as a group. Or we can review as part of the Beer and Pretzel podcast, the first movie feed. Because this is the only movie review we can make out of an indie game. Because there's no other movies from indie games. That's true. Um, but yeah, do some research into Inspector's movie. It is a very indie, indie movie that they had a very small budget to work with, from what I it know. It was a very small budget. And, you know, they did a lot with it. They had some great uh, cameras. The director had some great shots in it. Um, some, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a cameo by a famous game designer who is not me. Um, you didn't have a cameo in your own movie no they asked if i want i was like no thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's the move the the book is actually in it the book is in it which is funny they use the book as like the actual handbook of the the business yeah um yeah it's you know it was it was a fun project to be part of i'm glad it i'm glad it exists so this game it has a lot of very unique as we've been talking very neat uh, unique mechanics in it you were talking about some of the i thought was really cool was the credit card the library card the gym card which are just extra like for us we just wrote them on index cards and we put a couple of dice on them and then people can type dice off them to add to their role especially if they're stressed yep. i guess outside yep. of that what is your favorite if you can narrow it down to just a single mechanic or just a single idea you had for this game that you are most proud of um probably the confessionals Mm. i really like the confessionals um i like the idea of uh because the players have a lot of sway in the game if you roll you know uh four or higher you get to say what happens um so that you know that's a lot of freedom for players that normally they don't have in a game uh but the confessional is complete freedom like they can you know short of there's a couple rules there's a couple things you can't do um but short of that the you you can just say what happens um and also you're not just telling the you're not saying it to the characters you're saying it in character to the other players so it's a one of the few role-playing games where your characters can talk to the players which is real weird if you think about it and you can do all sorts of stuff with time you can do you know you can hint at stuff that hasn't happened yet in the game but has happened to the player or sorry but has happened to the character in their past you can talk about stuff that happened off screen that was never brought up, but now you want to like establish something in the continuity. Um, lots of stuff. You can reference sessions that you never even played. So something I thought was kind of perfect was, and I don't know if this is for like every game of inspectors, but our game wrapped up perfectly. Like we had the perfect yep. amount of points to get where we needed to get. And so I was wondering like, how much playtesting went into this? Because, like, we we really wrapped up in, like, perfect timing. Like, we found all the clues we needed. We 
found all the dead celebrities and we figured out it was Marky Mark who was well, murdering it, everybody. It was a really tight it experience. Is, uh, yeah, it was Mark. really tight. It, it's the it's the game equivalent of cold reading. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. Ironically, uh, or coincidentally, it's uh, cold reading is a technique you use to um, talk to dead people uh, in real life, and it's actually just a, a, a trick. It's a mental trick mm. um, where you just start saying things like, "Oh, uh, you have a, a, a person in your family died. Uh, they were very old. Their name begins with uh, I'm seeing a K or an M." or an L and eventually you just literally, you just keep saying letters until they go, yeah, my grandmother died. She was very old and her name was Martha. You're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and she was, yeah, she, she loved you very much. And she, uh, she, uh, she was married and they're like, Oh yeah, she was married. <laughs> yeah. And her husband's dead. Her husband did die. You know, it's just like, well, yeah, like all this stuff is just kind of logically going to make sense. Um, inspectors is the same way. You kind of, because the players are coming up with the clues and then solving them and um, and your success with the mission, the more success you have with the mission, the more control you have. Uh, the players are naturally wrap stuff up when it feels right. Just it's just that's just how it happens. That's just the math of it. Um, it's not it's not even a playtesting thing. It's just kind of it just made sense to me. If the players are having fun, they're going to continue. Uh, even if they, you know, achieve their goal of the franchise dice, like they need 15 franchise dice and they get 15. If they're having fun, they're going to just keep playing. But if they're like, okay, we made our goal. We've, you know, we, that was the final thing we needed. And maybe there's a little denouement where they put a bow on it, but it kind of paces itself. I really like pacing in games. I did another game called Lacuna that uses um, your heart rate as a pacing mechanic. And the, the, the more trouble you get and the, the faster your character's heart rate gets. Similar thing. It's just the control of the flow of the game. I hate long RPG sessions. It's usually a lot of wasted time. Mm. Um, so I want to get to the good stuff, and then when it's when it's when it's been good, end it there and leave them wanting more. You know. Mm. So makes sense. a lot of game sessions are like, we're gonna play and we're gonna play and we're gonna play, and this game really should have wrapped up four hours ago, but well, we're not done yet because we haven't played for our requisite eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just you know, just lame. Just end it. You can play again. You come back next week. There, there seem to be a lot of uh, bits of the game that um, contribute to that kind of cold reading aspect. Like there is also like the adversarial roles where the players have a lot more freedom to narrate what what's happening yeah. in the game. Like you mentioned earlier, um, yeah. Becky has tried writing murder mysteries before, just as like group activities, and some of them have been very successful, and some of them um, have either been way too hard or way too easy. Um, the fact that the players can come up with clues that the game master didn't design and inspectors, the confessionals, it's amazing how it all just works together. And I understand that like, that's the point of making a game is like making everything work together. Austin already asked you if there was um, something in the game that you were proudest of, but was there anything in the game that was like a major epiphany, like something that you were hung up on and then you just had like an aha moment? No. It all, it all happened pretty quickly. Um, being able, uh, I, I don't like Call of Cthulhu. Uh, the inspiration comes from Call of Cthulhu only in the fact that I don't like that game at all. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it, well, that, again, that's another podcast. We could talk about that. But, but uh, I didn't want the Monster of the Week problem where, you know, the, the GM comes up with a problem. Here's the monster. 
and then there's clues and you have to figure out the clues and there's a little trail of breadcrumbs. And if you don't find the breadcrumbs, the GM has to kind of, you know, kick it out from under the bed so you can see it. Um, or if they think you're solving it too quickly, they have to add extra things. It's just like, just stop. Just so what, what is the problem? What do you guys think it is? Let's find out if you're right or not. So was that, the dice. was that a shared narrative intentional from the beginning or was that something that developed during the process of making the game? That actually came from another game I was working on, um, except it worked really, it seemed to work better in this one, and I kind of tightened it up in Inspectors. Oh. Um, in the other game, it was a little more loosey-goosey. It was like, uh, I don't even remember the rule, it's been so long, but Inspectors, it's just like straight one, two, three, GM says what happens, four, five, six, player says what happens, with a little wrinkle on either side, depending on if you roll a four or a three. And then the stress rolls to make life interesting, and also to give the GM something to do, because they don't really do anything except start the game and play some NPCs. Taking a quick detour from Inspectors. Good, because um, that game sucks. I'm so bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we loved it. So, Well, it's it's new to you. I've been around it for 20 years. That's so. fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not sure if this game that I'm about to talk about is newer for you or even longer in the past for you. I think it's newer, I hope. I was wondering uh -oh. if... Because every other week I pitch a new uh, one-shot role-playing game to the rest of my cast and we decide to play it or not. I was wondering if you could do a brief little uh, pitch, I guess, to why we should play. Because it's a game that I downloaded and started reading. I think it would be really fun to play of Parsley, the game that... Oh, oh geez, You're, you had me worried. Yeah, yeah, Parsley. Yeah, everybody yeah. should own a copy of Parsley. It's the greatest game ever invented. Uh, yada, 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 $30 off my website. You get the PDF for free. Great. So great. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> game. Perfect game. Um, no, uh, what do you want to know about Parsley? Why is it the perfect game? Tell me. These guys know nothing about it. I know a lot about it because I've been reading it, but these guys have been, they're out of the loop. They've known nothing Austin, about it. Austin, I want to hear so, a sales pitch. Tell me. Austin. So, so Parsley, it's really simple. It is a live action computer-based text adventure. Or sorry, it's a live-action version of computer-based text adventure games from the 80s, where the players are the players of the game. They each take turns entering commands at the keyboard, uh, except instead of actually typing your commands on a keyboard, you're saying them to a human who's pretending to be a dumb computer from 1983. Um, so well, you, you, Austin, one player sure. says, go north. One player says, get lamp. One person says, you know, fight troll, whatever. Uh, and the, the host of the game, the parser, responds to them as a dumb computer from 1983 um, who has this adventure kind of laid out before them, but has to interpret what the players are telling them. And there's 12 adventures in the book, and there's more on my website. And it's a game you can play with any number of people. And I mean any number of people can play. Um, my record is 470-something. Wow. Damn. Once. Wow. And um, you, awesome. you just need two, I mean, minimum of two. And people can jump in and jump out of the game at any time. It's great for like car trips. It's great. Well, people play it in the lines waiting to get into like, you know, Hall H at, uh, you know, San Diego Comic Con. Um, it's, yeah, it's great. 400. Is that like a Guinness World Record for RPG um, participants? That's, that's, incredible. I mean, it's, it wasn't actually witnessed by Guinness. It probably would have been. Otherwise, I know, um, uh, I think it's Tracy Hickman does a m murder breakfast at Gen Con and gets a lot of players, but I think 
that Parsley game had even more. Wow. Yeah. Austin, we have a record to break. Make some friends. <laughs> That's a lot of friends you gotta make, Travis. You're the and you can Austin. also play it online, which has been really good. Uh, at the start of the pandemic, I put up Action Castle and the basic rules of Parsley on my, up on my site for free, which you can still download. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's really good to play on Zoom. You can play it uh, over chat. You can play it on video. You can play it People play it through email or forum posts or Reddit threads or, you know, what, if, as long as you can communicate with somebody, you can play. So you guys There's actually a really sad slash heartwarming story about a, a person who had a friend who was in the hospital and could not, um, because of an immune disorder, they couldn't actually be with them. So they played literally through like a, a, a like a window. Um with them on one side and the, the the friend on the other, but they were still able to play this game together. Uh, one I kind of thought of while talking about this, what is one thing you would change about the game if you could go back? Well, I actually did change it because I wrote Inspectors uh, for 2021, the 20th year anniversary edition, which I then canceled um, because it just wasn't coming together and I was sick of it. Um, some people have a copy of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a lot, but a bunch of people got it. Um, time. There's no mechanics for time. And okay. in a game about money and uh, dealing with customers and you know operating a business, having time not come up in the game at all as a mechanic or as a, a resource was something I regretted and uh, tried, you know, tried and failed to implement. Okay, yeah, it does sound like it'd make it more interesting if you could implement that. Well, it makes it harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, harder. It makes more it more interesting. interesting. It makes it harder, but uh, yeah, yeah. I kind of went overboard with um, some of the explicating in the uh, that that edition, which is part of the reason I I just bailed on it because I was like, you know what, this is becoming not fun um, or even less fun than than the actual game. So that is actually um, one question I had is when you're working on a project like this, um, how do you decide when it's done? Like, wh how do you stop tinkering with it? <laughs> this is going to sound kind of uh, snotty, but uh, it's done when uh, the, somebody has paid money for it. <laughs> that's when that's when it's done. It's like, oh, I guess it's done. Some, I put it up online and somebody bought it. So that makes that's sense, what is now official. Writers out there who want to get into the indie game world or write in our own role-playing games, what is any piece of advice or any tips or tricks you would say to those writers who want to take their big idea they had and translate it to a indie role-playing game that they would probably fund with Kickstarter or something else? Okay, one, don't use Kickstarter. Two, uh, don't listen to anything I have to say as far as advice. Three, read Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. And four, um, just finish it as quickly as you can and don't worry if it's good because it's not going to be good but it could, be, but, but it could become better so just get it done jared thank you very much for coming on our show and where can wait this is a show i'm on a show oh shit. yes we force you on to the second point you haven't you haven't oh, I we're just having a friendly chat i thought you guys were just curious about my games oh no i feel <laughs> awful Oh, wait, let's redo this. <laughs> All right, let's start over, guys. From the top. What was your question again? Professional time. So I was on the show, and it turns out uh, they were recording it the whole time. Wow, I'm a real asshole. <laughs>
Oh, shit, I can't give myself a trait. I'm sorry. Okay, the host is a real <laughs> asshole. Alright, that's fair enough. I think it's everyone true. else would agree with that. It's more than true. <laughs> it's spot on. Where can people find uh, your website, but also inspectors in the other games you have written or are going to write in the future? Uh, <laughs> that's that's um, very uh, forward-thinking. Games I'm going to write in the future. Uh, inspectors.com is the easy way. Uh, you can just Google me, my name, it'll come up, uh, and, uh, or my website is memento-mori.com, but you don't, nobody knows how to spell that. So just go to inspectors.com, which also nobody knows how to spell because it's spelled different than you would expect <laughs> it to, uh, cause I'm a marketing genius, um, but just, yeah, Google me, or I'm sure you're going to give people a link yeah, in the show the, notes. Just click the link. Just click the link. All right, It's guys. probably going to be right. Unless I you misspell know? it, but yes. Your yeah, name. it's like just eventually if you care enough to find me you will and that goes uh, for the police as well <laughs> and do you have any games in the future you're working on or are you kind of just chilling <laughs> yes. at the moment yes all right awesome and any uh little teaser for those games uh join my patreon and you can read the whole damn thing <laughs> austin spend your money let's find this out exactly all right so people spend can... spend your money the game will be done <laughs> <laughs> Also on my on my Patreon, I post a lot of weird shit. I post a lot. I just posted a game um, I did over the weekend uh, last month about uh, masquerading as aliens living in a small town America. I've got my 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 mega opus I've been working on for five years. I, I just put up playtest rules, and I occasionally post uh, notes from games that never got released, like my Nightwatch game, or uh, games that just were lost to time, like uh, you know old stuff from the 2000s so yeah three bucks a month what do you want yeah fair enough you can get a whole lot for just that all right guys yes I, I mean you know it's all relative it's all relative and uh yeah i'll be posting if like what he said if you guys can't spell the name of inspectors or his website i'll post a link below and also uh jared's patreon where you can check out all the cool stuff he's making there uh jared thank you very much for coming on our show Thank you, Austin. It was a pleasure to, to meet everybody. Awesome. I'm a little disappointed I could not speak to Mr. Busey, but huh. I guess he was busy. I was trying <laughs> to actually – there's a website cameo where you can get celebrities to read things off, and I was actually going to have pay him to do some of the lines for the Inspector's episode, but his cameo was $350, and I was like, I am unfortunately not going to pay that. So I'm that is incredibly that. reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be 800. I was like 350. That's nothing. Yeah. I mean, this interview is going to cost you four. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's Very true. busy for 350. That's a steal. Yeah. Well, How about Jake? What's Jake going for? More or less, do you think? Uh, a lot Busey? less. I'm sure a lot less. Really? You think? Oh yeah. Okay. He doesn't have that. He's iconic, a lot more movies. Yeah. Oh, good old Gary Busey. Wait till people see what's going to happen next in our next Inspector's episode with our good friend Gary Busey. But yeah. Cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be good. But yeah, thanks for everyone for listening. This is Austin, Brad, Travis, and Becky, and of course Jared from the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. And the Sasquatches. And the Sasquatches. And Moonshine and Sasquatches. Yep. Good old sandwiches. And Moonshine and Sandwiches. Of course, you can't forget them.